Hi, Pam. Well, hi, and welcome, Shawnee Simpson, to Gigi in the 561 this morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you. And to my listeners, I want to let you know we have a lot to talk about this morning because my guest has a vast, vast resume and history and journey. And so I want you all to stay stay tuned. Pull up a chair, grab you some coffee, whatever time of day you're listening to the podcast, get something to drink and get comfortable because we're going to have a great conversation here. It's morning for us here in the Palm Beaches, isn't it? It sure is, and it's a beautiful day. It really is. Uh, my guest today is currently the program director of the West Palm Beach Center for Arts and Technology. Now, to me, when I hear that, arts and technology, I have a little bit of a disconnect. But we're going to talk about that because, uh, but, but a little bit later because we have uh, some other things I want to cover. Uh, but, sure. but getting to that... Um, is is really interesting and how that how that works. I love how it works actually. But I want to tell you all a little bit about my guest this morning. She is an artist. <clears throat> Excuse me, a nonprofit professional. She merges creativity and academic experience into her work. Vast vast background. Even though um, I'm just going to say it, uh, your you're young, you know, I mean, so you've done a lot already. Uh, she is a graduate of the University of Miami. She went to the Performing Arts School here in the Palm Beaches. Um, you've been, you have been immersed in the nonprofit sector for, for quite some time in development, education, special events in Florida, Washington, D.C., and Maryland. So, you're you are really immersed in that. I have been, and my story of how I even got into it is kind of interesting. So, when I was at the University of Miami, uh, partly part of the way during my tenure, President Donna Shalila took the helm of running the school, and she came up with this initiative called Momentum, with the U M at the end, so it, it tied into the school's nickname. Mm-hmm. And what she wanted to do was raise a billion dollars in seven years. And I read that in our student newspaper, and I was like, that is so ballsy. I want to be Uh a part of that. And so one night I had some friends that had her as an instructor in one of their classes, and she she was teaching the class along with four other instructors, and they were doing different topics, and she had a, a party at her house for the students in that class. And I was like, hey, guys, I really want to talk with her. Can I come with you? So I went and kind of crashed the party. And I, <laughs> I love that. get kicked out of school. Um, <laughs> but there was this lovely gentleman who I met, and I explained to him why I was there. And so he brought President Shalila over. He's like, this young lady wants to work and do this. And so he made that introduction for me. President Shalila said to send her re- my, send her my resume, which I did on Christmas Day in like 2003, I think it was. So it was some time ago. And she sent it along, and I ended up 
getting my very first internship in the nonprofit sector in the Medical Alumni Development Office for the University of Miami on the Jackson Medical Campus. And that was my first taste of being in the nonprofit sector in development. And I learned so much from the crew that I worked with there, lessons that I still take with me to this day. And that helped me even after I left that internship to be able to further my education a few years down the road and continue in the nonprofit sector. So yeah, I've, I've been in it for a long time and it's been amazing. And I know you mentioned about how much I've done within the sector in you have in, in a short period of time. And some of that was not, it, it was not my plan. It, it kind of happened that way due to circumstances outside of my control. Um, mm -hmm. Development got me into the nonprofit sector, but then I segued into education, which is where my love is. I adore educating people in an informal way, um, intergenerationally, mm -hmm. working from children to grandparents, teaching them in, in a fun and engaging way. But with the economic downturns that happened both in 2008 and even in 2020, Right. Um, the trajectory of my career, I, I thought it was one thing, and it turns out that I had to, not by design, but I'm very cross-trained mm -hmm. in a lot of different things because I was just like, I need to work. And in order to do that, uh, part of my journey took me away from Florida. I went to D.C. because I was working in retail at the time, and I'm like, I cannot turn 30 <laughs> Folding panties. I was working at the grocery store. I'm like, I cannot do this. <laughs> so I, mean, I, I left Florida. I transferred to a Victoria's Secret in D.C. But I was just like, I need to be somewhere where there's jobs. And everyone thought the same thing. So it was a very competitive market. And I ultimately ended up working in healthcare which I had studied part of that when I was doing my master's at FAU. So I was prepared for that, and um, a few years before that, I remember a pastor at my church had told me I was going to work in healthcare. I didn't know how that was going to happen and materialize, wow. but I did. I and I ended up doing that, and let me tell you, it was an amazing experience. I worked as an activities assistant at Sunrise Senior Living in Washington, D.C., and the people that I met there lived such amazing lives. And this was in my late 20s that I was there. And I would tell people, like, it wasn't this, like, high-paying job, but I'm, like, rich in life experience mm -hmm. because of it. Right. The, the people yeah. that I met were diplomats, university presidents. Their children were very uh, prominent in, in, in different areas in D.C. and beyond. And they just gave me so much life and so much so many life lessons, um, one of which my, my dear friend, Ken, who has since passed away. Um, Ken is oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, too, but, like, it was just such a pleasure to have had the chance to know him and his wife, Frances, that, yes. that even though they're gone, like, their memory just makes me happy. And yes. so when I met him, like, he had this prominent career as he was like the chief bassoonist for the National Symphony Orchestra and he did that for like mm. 50 years but wow. somehow like in in us meeting we just had like this lovely connection and one night this lady came into our our community and she had flowers and she was just like you you can give them to whoever you want to and I was going to give them to one resident and then something was like, no, give it to Ken. And so I went 
and I gave them to him. And I was like, here, these are for you. Somebody came and dropped them off. I want you to have them. And as I was leaving, he's like, I love you. <laughs> oh, what a great memory. It, it was. It was. And shortly after that, he, he ended up passing away. And so I was like, I'm so happy that the last thing I told him was that I loved him. You know? Yes. Like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like I had that chance to tell my friend I loved him before he passed on. And he told me the same thing. So we both knew how how much we loved each other. And even though it's sad that he's not here, it makes me smile to talk about well, him. Well, I'm smiling I, now. <laughs> I, think that's a, I think that's such a good point. I don't know if that's even more so now than ever before in our life after we have been through the pandemic and what we have all lived through but it, yeah. it's always important but I just think it is people have become so much more aware tell people how you feel tell them you love them even if they said you're weird or you know it's like yeah. um okay we're just friends but you know you love your friends and and you need to express that that's a that is a beautiful story um, I do want to talk a, a little bit about about you. We um, will definitely get back to what your current uh, your current uh, position is and and what that means because it's it's wonderful. But you just um, you are into painting, photography, mixed media, fashion, culinary arts. I mean that's all over the map. Now out of all of that, and I did notice because I do extensive research on my guests prior to them appearing and. I did see the little video that you did during the, the you know the kind of the downturn of what were artists to do, and right. you were sitting outside and you did this this fairly little short video about that and about trying to get through a, a difficult time you know financially for all of us. What what will artists do? How will people make right. it? Tell us a little bit. I mean, of all of these things painting, photography, mixed media, fashion, culinary arts. This is twofold. One, do you have one of those things that is is your passion beyond anything else, or are they all equal? Um, and tell us about what you did during the during the 2020, that time period of what, what do we do now kind of thing. All right, so I'll start with the first question because, yes, I do work in a lot of disciplines, and it just depends on what I have at my disposal at the time. If I were to say what I enjoy working best in, I think it would have to be painting. I love to paint, um, okay. but what I've been working in the most in right now is within the photography and digital space because it is at times when the ideas come, it is the easiest. So if I see something and I can take a picture of it very quickly, I do that. Mm -hmm. So instead of carrying around like my big camera, I have my right. phone, which is an amazing yeah. camera and is able to take these great images. And so it's right there. It's very quick uh, for me to be able to capture what I need to, whether it's for inspiration or whether it's actually a piece of art that I want to use. And they all flow together because they all allow me to be able to express myself and kind of get that creativity out, you know, having right. my formal education from grades seven through 12 be at the Dreyfus School of the Arts and Visual Arts, you know, that was, that was, that was during my formative years. 
when like that impression and that foundation has stayed with me, you know, the teachers that I had, they laid a very good foundation in terms of visual arts. And so the, the disciplines that you mentioned about the painting, the mixed media, the drawing, those are all two dimensional disciplines. And that was where my strengths um, were really highlighted. I wasn't as strong in sculpture. My my idea of doing sculpture was doing fashion design and sculpture. So my teacher and I mm-hmm. kind of went heads over that. I approve of that. I definitely <laughs> approve of that. <laughs> that. That was my three-dimensionality. I'm like, I want to make dresses and purses and all of that. And so uh, they, they all, they all um, interweave, especially like with the culinary arts too. I love to cook. I've been cooking since I was nine years old when I was a little oh kid. Oh my. Like, Mommy, I want to learn how to cook and do laundry. And she like put me to work. So it's like, okay. <laughs> you know, but I like, I like that sense of independence that I got being able yeah. to do that. And then as I've gotten older and researched food and the health benefits of it, I, I love the creativity that comes from being able to cook, you know, it's a different palette you're using, you know, it's not, it's not a paint palette, you're using your actual palette to like taste the food to know what's good for you, what isn't and and, and all of that. And so, you know, it's just another way to express myself creatively, but also to express the love that I have for the people that are in my life, because I love to cook for people. It's a way to express, you know, the care that I take for myself to make sure that I stay healthy. And especially Mm -hmm. during before and even during the pandemic, you know, uh, before the pandemic, the months of like January to March would be my soup months. (laughs) So I would cook a very healthy soup with lots of good ingredients that would keep my immunity high. Mm -hmm. And then once the pandemic hit, I'm like, well, soup month is just going to be the whole year, right? So we'll just have lots of soup to keep We'll be over for dinner. I hope you know that. We're coming for dinner. (laughs) Oh, you are welcome to come. I love to cook for people. And so, yeah, and so I, um, that's part of what I did to help during the pandemic. And, you know, it was a very trying time going through that and I know you mentioned uh-huh. the video and I just I thank God so much for the cultural council for Palm Beach County and what they did during that time because it really hit us very hard we went from having shows and things planned to like nothing was happening no money was coming in I literally just started working at my job less than two weeks before and then it was like oh, okay, gosh. I sent home and so it was it was a very stressful time just wondering how my you know there's bills to pay there's all of this yeah but i will say um part of what happened with 2020 was that mentally in terms of the duration of how long things could be i had had preparation for that 7 years before because i mentioned i mentioned that i lived in dc and I was mm-hmm. there for four and a half years, and then I came back home in 2013. My mom had a recurrence of colon cancer, from which she's in remission oh. now, which is all oh, good. Right. That but is, she, yes. Um, she had a recurrence of that, and so my sister and I, we both came home from where we were before. She was My sister was in L.A., I was in D.C., and we came back home to be with our mom. And when she had to go through chemo for that recurrence, you know, it was the hardest six months of of our lives. It was, it was really, really hard. And so, you know, I tell people we were forged by fire through that, you know, another, another life lesson that it's like, sometimes you just have to go through it. You know, you don't, 
you don't know what you're capable of until you're you're in the situation and oh, so true <laughs> you know and we were buoyed by each other because like when she went through it the first time we had tried to stay separately and and help and it was just too difficult for each of us to try and help alone so once it came back it's like no we got to come home and we were in a position where we could just kind of up and leave you know to a young single woman it's like okay we can up and do that wasn't easy but we did and so with that experience in mind it was just like okay this is going to be long and I knew that and I would say it and my sister was like don't say that I'm like no one knows what they're doing just yet. I'm not trying to sound fatalistic, but like 2020 is a wash. It's done. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's going to take them the rest of the year to kind of figure out what to do. And in the meantime, it's like, okay, what do I do? Because it was very stressful. And it, it um, for me, I have OCD, so it, it like triggered that even more. So I had to like kind of keep myself calm. Otherwise, right? Yeah. Otherwise, it would. Um, it would make it a lot harder. And so it, it wasn't that that came easily, but, you know, I made sure I, you know, I talked with my counselor. I kept myself calm as best as I could um, and really, like, took the measures that I needed to do self-care um, mm-hmm. to kind of get me through that. And then also helping others as well was was another way that I could show that, that I could take care of myself by being generous to others in a very difficult time. So Love that. Yes. I got them for him, you know, because I was like, how could he not have masks? It made me cry that he didn't have masks, you know? <laughs> like, he's a medical right. professional without masks. Like, it just, yeah. you know, and then my cousin, I sent her coloring pages just to help her because she was going through the pandemic alone. And I, I thank God that mm. I wasn't, you know, I was with my family. Yes. You know, I could see that my family was safe, but it was, it was very nerve wracking. Um, and as we've continued now, cause I personally, I don't believe that we're fully out of it. You know, it, it's gotten better. Things have let up in such a way that people are like, look, I need to live my life. And I'm kind of there too. I need to live my life and I need to do it safely. <laughs> you know, I still mask yes. up when I go out and do all of that, but I can't, just be in my house all the time. And so, you know, I've gotten back to doing some of the things I did pre-pandemic, like traveling and, you know, trying to see friends and and going places. Like that was part of my self-care before. And it makes me feel like myself again to know that I can do something that I enjoy so much. So I think that's so interesting because I think the pandemic changed changed our lives, many of us, in so many ways, in, in subtle ways that we don't even recognize until we go, you know, I probably wouldn't have done things this way prior to that. But now, you know, now I feel differently. Let's do talk about you as the program director at the West Palm Beach Center for Arts and Technology. Now, I want you to educate me and the listeners because my interpretation of what I understand about it is you're working with young people, high school people, but and you're crossing over boundaries of of being artist, creativity, but also life skills and and in twofold or manyfold to l- give give young people a, a, a launching pad of reality. I mean, you can be this but no, you're going to need life skills to get you through. Am I on the right track with that? You are on the right track, and I'll fill in, I'll fill in some more details for you. Good. So the West 
Palm Beach Center for Arts and Technology is actually based off of a model that started in Pittsburgh over 50 years ago. Oh, wow. And that has been replicated. Yeah, it's been replicated, like, I think it's at least 13 times over uh, within the U.S., and there's one in Israel as well. And so what the the, – it's based off the model called the Manchester Bidwell model, and what the National Center for Arts and Technology does is – they will go into places that have seen economic downturns, whether that's urban or rural, and do an assessment. And so the assessment that was done in West Palm Beach was actually done by the former mayor, Jerry Moyo, who mm-hmm. is our okay. board chair. This was her passion uh-huh. project to bring this to, to the historic Northwest District of West Palm. She thought that this would be a good fit and this program would be helpful for that, and we do have two prongs that we do. So we use the arts as a hook for students, not to make them artists, but to use it as a means to teach them life skills. And so we work with high schools in West Palm Beach. We've worked with Forest Hill High School, and we've worked with Palm Beach Lakes High School, and the events were amazing that we did with them. With Forest Hill, we went in and we had a drone pilot come in and teach them how to use a drone and do oh. drone photography exercises. And I mean, Pam, if you saw the looks on their faces, like they were so enraptured and so engrossed with it. And then at Palm Beach Lakes High School, this is really cool. We did this program that was a blend between visual branding, entrepreneurship, local entrepreneurship, and West Palm Beach Cat did that with a local sunscreen company called Florida Squeeze. And they've been around for almost, I think they're about to celebrate their second anniversary soon. But we are in the same building in West Palm. And so we have this huge, over 40-foot wall that separates our offices. And between the collaboration between my executive director, the um, co-founders of Florida Squeeze and me, we came up with this idea that we would, West Palm Beach Cat would work with the teenagers at Palm Beach Lakes High School to teach them about entrepreneurship and then they the founders came in and talked with the students about it about their company how they started it and then the students used the visual branding from florida squeeze online presence to then come up with ideas for the mural and then i curated those drawings that they did and we have an amazing mural in there it has livened up the space the um, the founders love it you know, it just it visually tells the story of their brand in a different way, and it's it's so neat. And so we're we're so excited about that. And then this summer we have our summer camp that's coming up uh, for students in grades three through twelve. That's for one week, and then we have our pre-construction program, which is for adults, uh, which is free. All of our programming is free to be able to teach them about. Um, the skills that they would need to get a career in construction, to get an apprenticeship. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So when they were doing the assessment for what jobs were lucrative here in the area, the three areas that they came up with were pre uh, construction, which when you drive around any area of mm-hmm. Palm County is prevalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, horticulture and culinary. And so we're starting off with the with the pre-construction program 
with hopes to start the culinary and horticultural programs later down the line. But our organization, we actually started in 2018. We had some programming and then the, and then COVID came. And so it, you know, it, it kept us off of doing programming for almost two years. But in 2021, mm. my executive director and I were hired on to relaunch basically the, the program and get it started. And we've been going like gangbusters since it's been very, very, um, very, very busy, which is good. You know, it's a good mm-hmm. kind of busy. It's, it's good work. Um, it's amazing to see the students that come in, the adults that are coming in, the families that are coming in. We actually had a suggestion from a father that came to our open house to have family days. He's like, do you have family days? And I was like, nope, that's something we can do. So we've been. That is a good them. idea. It's a great idea. And our mm-hmm. first one happened at Easter. And like like the, the day before Easter, we did this beautiful family fun day that was based off of Fabergé and the kids made, like they designed their own eggs. And it was oh. really fun. And it ended up being a bilingual um, thing. We had a lot of Spanish speakers that came and I do speak Spanish. So that was fine. I was going back and forth between the languages, but it was amazing. We had like 70 something people show up. So it was really, really fun, and we're looking forward to having some more family fun days um, in collaboration with other nonprofits uh, in the area. Now, how how do you get to, to be a part of it? I mean, do you have to live in West Palm? Do you have to live in Palm Beach County? How do you – how would people become eligible to be a part of these programs that you do? That's a great question. So with our school programming, we do, because we do receive funding from the West Palm CRA, the the school programming, we do focus on West Palm Beach. But when we have our own larger scale programming that's at our center, that's for anyone. And we we note that on our flyers and advertisements that come out that it's open to anyone to come okay. and do that. So it, it just it depends on the programming. Well, um, speaking of, um, now I want to make sure if we covered everything, if there's anything else about the, the programs that you're doing that you want to, that you want to let everybody know about. Because I don't want to miss anything of the great work that you guys are doing. Right. I'd love for people to come and go to our website, which is WPB cat.org so wpbcat.org if you'd like to come and take a tour of our space to hear more about what we're doing you can email me at program.director at wpbcat.org and keep a lookout on our website we've got programming coming up throughout the summer and also into the new school year we plan on being at the Lake Worth Beach Street Painting Festival next year as a group with West Palm Beach Cat and also participating in other programs that are done by other nonprofits in Palm Beach County, specifically the Catwalk event that's going to be at Resource Depot. And if you are a member of a nonprofit, a cultural or educational nonprofit, or even a corporation that's looking to partner with the community, please reach out to me because we'd love to have you. We love doing collaborative work in the community to highlight what others are doing. And that's a great lesson for me that has come out of the pandemic. It's The pandemic kind of changed my 
my career ethos on how I work with other organizations. So when I was at the Armory Arts Center in 2020 to like early 2021, and I was seeing what was happening with the pandemic and how it was really affecting everyone so badly, I was like, look, we can, we're stronger together. Like, let's see about doing some programming together. So I did a program. I um, came up with it called Draw Like Degas that was done with the Armory and Ballet Palm Beach where oh, fun. Palm Beach come in. It was great. Oh, my gosh. It was like lightning in a bottle. It's one of the best things I've ever done oh. in my career. And oh. um, like I recently told you with Florida Squeezed, we did that uh, programming with them to teach the kids about entrepreneurship. We just had a basic figure drawing workshop where we partnered with South University and their Student Nurses Association to come in and teach the kids about the science behind the figure drawings. So it was just great. So any way that we can find a way to kind of put collaboration together and make it a unique experience for our students, we go ahead and do that. And in the summer, for the summer camp, we're going to be working alongside our neighbors in our building at Kilo Content, an advertising agency. They're going to be coming in to do um, to do programming with our students. And then Amy Kite from Bush Wildlife Sanctuary is coming in to do programming with our students as well to show them all these amazing animals. So we're just really, wow. really excited about what the future holds. And before... I forget. I want to thank um, Reese Hendrick. Hendrick, he was our drone pilot that came in to work with us at Forest Hill High School. I've been shouting out everyone else. I wanted to make sure that um, that I plugged what he did as well because it was amazing. He came from out of. I bet it was amazing. I would love to see something like that myself. Oh, I, I think that sounds incredible. Whoa! It was so cool. It was really cool. I mean, I'm one of those. I just lose it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, but I have an wanna... invitation to come to whatever we're doing next. You just Thank let you. me know, and Thank I would love you. for you to come. I would love to do that. I'm going to take you up on that. But I have a few more items before we before I let you go. And I know you're really busy. I appreciate your time. But some of these things just really caught caught my eye about you, and so I just want to bring them up. Um sure that you did a study abroad in Australia when you were at UM. And that had to have been sort of life-changing. Am I right or wrong about that? Massively life-changing and um, how I even did that. So uh, one Sunday I was in church. I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I go to church pretty much every Sunday. And I was in church I think visiting my mom for the weekend because I was already in school and this was in 2000 and I was there praising God and just worshiping towards the end. And I literally heard God tell me to go to Australia. It was like, go to Australia. And I'm like, what? I like opened up my eyes so quickly because I knew it wasn't me. And I'm like, okay. I went up to the altar. I said, pastor, please pray for me. God just told me to go to Australia. And he did, and I went back to school, and then I just started seeing signs everywhere to kind of confirm what I had heard, because I was very young when I heard this. I was, okay, I was 18 when I heard that. I ended up going to Australia when I was 19. That was in 2001. That's amazing. And, yeah, it, it was a very seminal moment in my life. It is something that has stayed with me for a long time, and not just because it was this big trip I took. So many things happened. It was this massive step of obedience to even go because it, it didn't make sense at the time. 
because I was like, well, I'm a Spanish major. If, if anything, I should be going to like Chile or Spain or Mexico or something like, I, you know, it was just very yeah. funny that, you know, God was like Australia, but I love it. Like the country made such an indelible impression on me. It's, it's a beautiful place, really great people. I still have wonderful friends that I keep in contact with from there. I, I got an accent saying with one word, only one word, <laughs> which was, I was going home one night from church. I was like, oh, going home and that and everyone in the car looked at me like oh my gosh and, and that was the only word I said like an Aussie I picked up their other their sayings but that was the only thing I said like them and then oh, um, and and the world changed when I was there because I went in 2001 and I went in July 2001 and then 9-11 happened when I was yeah. there and I left the United States one way and came back to it a complete it was it's like a time warp on type on top of the yeah. jet lag coming back <laughs> when yeah. I came back to LAX and saw like you know machine guns and like people dressed yeah. in tactical gear it was just it was just like a whole new world so yeah that's in, a shock and yeah in that sense in addition to what I learned in my capstone coursework about Australia and the similarities between our two countries in terms of our histories and you know, the good and bad that happened within our histories and, and how they were kind of parallel mm-hmm. coming back and seeing seeing everything change. It was it was very, very drastic. So I got like an international studies lesson outside of the classroom based on real life events that were taking place. Right. But yeah. it, it it's amazing. I, I love that I had the chance to go there. I tell people to go all the time and you know, there are times I still ask God, I, I, I know I have in the past, like, why did I go there? Like, why that country? And I haven't quite gotten an answer on it, except, like, it, it was an experience for me that was amazing, but it also helped others down the line. Like, I've heard through the years, like, other people that I know, young people went and studied abroad because they saw me go do it. So people went to Austria, Italy, other places. And I encourage young people, even to this day, I'm like, go. If you can, even with the the trickiness of traveling now, like if yeah. you study abroad, go. It will change your life. So, um, I, I love that. Well, that it you that never know. That you never you don't know the domino effect. You really don't of the no. of the things that you do, and you may never know. But it, it it happens out there because of one little thing that you did. A couple of other things. Just want to touch on real lightly, not to go into depth because I know we're we're running out of time, but. You're such an interesting person. I could just spend, I could do several several podcasts with you because in your journey, in your life journey, you have been a caddy. You have done floral design. It's it's you. I, I just it's like, well, let me. I, here's what in all of the notes that I'm have in front of me, the the studying that I've done of you. Uh, here's what I came up with. Mm-hmm. What should I ask her that she doesn't do? What is it instead of saying all of these things you do? What is it you don't do? Because I don't think there's anything. But one thing that you did accomplish, in in you you just you're not stopping with your with your with your learning with your increasing your your experience of life. In 2022, you. Um, and you're going to have to educate me just a little bit. You were you had a certification in a leadership for women program. Am I is that mm-hmm. the proper name of that? The the women's executive leadership program. Yes. At yes. Yes. 
that sounded very uh, I was very encouraged to see that I because um, of women and being being executives and 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 showing the way for others and how to do it and, and breaking through different obstacles along the way so whatever the actual program was for you I hope that you really did benefit from it and will be oh, able to I hope lead the way for other women to which you are doing you're definitely already doing yes thank you and for a long time I actually didn't go back to school I was one of those people I'm not doing it I'm done I'm this and I found out about the executive leadership program the same day I accepted my job at West Palm Beach Cat and I literally saw the email and I was like I have to be a part of this I didn't read the whole thing through but I just knew you know when you just know yeah. you need to do something? Yep. I just mm-hmm. knew and so I applied for it got accepted and it's one of the best things I've ever done it has changed my paradigm shift it provided a paradigm shift for me as a woman and how I approach business and how I do things and for a long time I had kind of focused on the humanities and and all of that that strength that I have and that comes from my Mm -hmm. mom but doing this program um, I was able to tap into what my dad does he he was a CFO for many years and so when I told him I was doing this business program he was as happy as a clam like I saw the smile on his face and like that to me was like so sweet you know like I didn't know he was so happy but it was amazing and so um you know there's there's great things in store there's more schooling to come and you know I, I don't know where the journey will take me but I'm I'm excited to see where where I go next I'm excited for you as well. I really want to follow along. I want to know where you do go because I have to say, I'm going to interject here for my listeners, you are a standout. Uh, the night that I met you, we our paths just crossed in the most unusual way, sort of. Um, <laughs> you, um, at the, at the, this, in all of these people and all of the things going on, people speaking so forth, um, you were a standout. You, even during the event and then later when you and I had a chance to talk. So I I think your path will continue to be fulfilling for you, but but also for others because there really is something special about you. You have that, you have that special presence. Um, so I wish you all the best in whatever pathway you see falling in front of you that you seek out or whatever may come because the world needs more of you. Oh, Pam, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, Keep a lookout. I've made a promise to myself this decade to start my eponymous fashion line. So Shawnee Simpson is the name you're going to hear more of. And I I'm so thrilled. This was just so lovely to be able to talk with you today. I it, really it was really fun for me, and I'm looking forward to your fashion. I'm all about it, hence sort of how we met. I won't go into yes. that, but, but uh, because of that is, is how we met. Uh, I thank you, thank you, thank you for being here, for taking time. I know you're incredibly busy. Keep up the good work through the summer for the, the kids, the people, the adults. We all need you. Uh, the street <laughs> art in Lake Worth that I know you are a big, big uh, promoter of and participant of as just as a person living in the area. You are in and of the fabric of the community and that's quite obvious 
to me. So, dear listeners, thank you for being here with me and Shawnee um, <laughs> Simpson today. Um, it has been my pleasure, my joy, and I hope that you all have enjoyed listening to her as well. You know where to find us. We're always on the website, northpalmbeachlife.com. These podcasts always rest there, as well as a lot of information Gary puts out. Lots of pictures. We make it easy. He makes it easy for you to find everything. Look for him on All Things Cruise for all of the travel information, all the travel writing that he does. Don't forget the podcasts are always available at iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, many other platforms. Too many to name here. Don't forget my books on Amazon, people. Go find those because we can talk about them. After that, I'm not solving the problems of the world. They're just fun reads with fun characters (laughs) that I like to have so they're my books i created them i can make these characters what i want but you go read them go find them on amazon pamela barker if you have trouble finding them let me know you know i will help you find them go to our youtube channel lots of videos there under north palm beach life as well we know you're out there we see the dots on the map and we appreciate you we appreciate our guest johnny simpson thank you so much again one more time for being here Listen, people, you need to subscribe. You need to be sure and come back because you don't want to miss any of my guests or the topics that I discuss on Gigi in the 561. I'm Pam Barker. Stay with me.